Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I could eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? I know I did. If you have, then you're going to love Pick 6, the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now and use code DKHOOPS for a shot at huge cash prizes. That's code DKHOOPS only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including, but not limited to, Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're back, and it's time to talk conference finals. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. And new potential rivalries being formed. We're also going to talk about iHeart's new show, NBA Finals File, and plenty more about all the things that keep us coming back to the NBA with our guest, seven-time NBA champion, Robert Ori. I'm Miles Gray. I'm Jack O'Brien. And this is Miles, Miles and Jack got, got mad, mad boosty. Perfect. I, I did not anticipate having to say that title in front of Robert Ori. Well, uh, look, you know, here we are. It's all fun and games to humiliate yourself until Robert Ori comes on the show. Yes, you know? yes. Hey, so, you know, <laughs> hey, you know, usually on podcasts, you know, the hosts usually ask questions. Let me start out by asking a question. How'd y'all come up with the name Mad Boosty? <laughs> Mad Boosties was, uh, I'm, I'll tell you right now, when I was a kid, always uh, reading Slam Magazine, there was a like there was like an ad for an And One shirt that, you know how the old And One logo was like that faceless figure? And it was yeah. him doing like a, like, I don't, like some kind of dunk, but underneath it, it said Mad Boosties. And I remember being like, mom, I need that shirt. And she's <laughs> like, no, nah, I'm not buying that for you. So in my mind, that had always been a thing that I had always wanted. And then okay. so when we were, when we were talking about names for the show, I was like, if you know, because Jack and I, we 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 come out of the '90s and aughts, you know, golden era of basketball. So I was like, we need to touch on the words and phrases of that time. So Mad Boosties became. And then I also it. can jump really high. I got I used to be able to get net. Uh, so <laughs> it was, you know, it was something people should know about me. Is that yeah, I, I get it. I get it. Well, <laughs> it's an honor to have you here for the folks listening. We are here with somebody who's won titles with the Rockets, the Lakers, the Spurs. Again, seven-time champion with more, more rings, rings than, than any player <laughs> who didn't play for the Celtics in the 60s <laughs> and host of the NBA Finals File, Big Shot Bob, Robert Ori. Welcome, welcome, and thank you. I, t- I told you before we started recording, I owe you a debt of gratitude as a <laughs> lifelong Laker fan and Angelino, uh, and just in general as a fan of the sport. I mean, the amount of fantastic memories you've you've created for fans it can't be underlined more so thank you for being here. thanks man thank you thank you it's, it's, it's fun to be here man it's always fun to talk to diehard fans of an organization yeah, yeah absolutely yeah especially when i play for yeah exactly <laughs> and yeah, yeah. Listen, like the shirt the listeners can't see this but the shirt i'm wearing it says purple rain in the purple rain the prince film font but r-e-i-g-n and robert you're like wait what's going on with that shirt True facts. I used to go to the Staples Center and sell these shirts outside the Staples Center when I was in high school and college. 
And not many people understood what I was selling. So many people were like, you got anything with Kobe on it? And I was like, <laughs> nah, man, it's like a vibe thing. Oh, you should have put Kobe on the motorcycle. That would have been tight. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, you know, I didn't have Photoshop skills. That's I only right. found That's this right. font and I was like, hey, this is enough for a miniature hustle. So, yeah. A bad 10-year-old's drawing of Kobe on a motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> right? Hey, you should just use some stick figures. Right, exactly. <laughs> put numbers on there. Right. And just had an arrow that says Kobe. And they're like, oh, so, okay, based on this diagonal line, it is Kobe Bryant. You know, just like like the NBA games back in the day, you know, you really didn't know who a guy was, but you knew by his number. Oh, right. I know who that is. Exactly. He got the same yeah. skill set as George. Even right. He's not in the game. He was no. in the game. <laughs> exactly. Because we're playing Rockets versus Bulls, you know, on NES. You know, we yeah. were all there. <laughs> um, so speaking of which, you have a fantastic career in the postseason. Now that we're getting into the business end of the postseason, the conference finals, I feel like we wanted to just kind of go over the, the teams that are involved and, and just generally, you know, talk a little bit and, and get your perspective on things. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Dallas is the big story uh, of the past week. Like Luca kind of coming out in that game seven and just yeah. um, harming people with, <laughs> just, I mean, that, that first half, the laughter, the joy with which he was extinguishing souls, uh, both <laughs> on the Suns and like in the arena. And the ball's going to be in Lucas' hand 80 to 85% of the time. Here's the step back by Luca. And Aiden is out there, and Luca trains it, teeing up from three. Hard to believe a week ago, the Suns led this series two games to none. Doncic three. Good! Wow, what a start. He's hit his first three. Under a minute to go here in the first half. Stunning. 27-point lead. Down goes Johnson. Three. Oh, no. They're shredding him. Oh, no, he didn't. But, I mean, a lot of people were surprised by this outcome. Like, I don't know. What do you think the experts were missing about uh, Dallas versus Phoenix? I think a lot of times the experts, they get lazy. And mm -hmm. they always just, oh, they ranked number one. Okay, let's go with the number one team. Uh, they had a good season all season. Let's go with that. But it's it's always about matchups, man. You, I think the biggest key for the Mavericks was getting uh, Dinwiddie. Because think about it, he killed in that first half, too. We don't talk about him because Luke overshowered him. I think he had, what, 21 points in the first half? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, Luca had 27 or something like that. But we don't talk about Spencer coming over. Once they got Spencer, that gave him someone off the off the bench. That could solidify that bench, you know. Of course, you know Brunson is, you know, he has come up and come out and is doing his thing on the court. But it's 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 funny how experts always want to just look at records instead of looking at matchups. And if you look at that matchup, who owned Dallas team outside of Bridges, and he didn't do a very good job at guarding Luca. Luca's just too smart and too slow for everybody. I know that sounds funny. <laughs> I know that sounds funny, but you know. Basketball players are used to guys playing at a certain speed. Right. Yeah. And if you don't play at that certain speed, it, it throws you off. That's why slow guys and left-handed guys kill in the NBA. <laughs> right. Because all your sort of like muscle memory is you're used to moving with someone with the ball at a certain pace. And when that rhythm is broken up, I'm sure you, there's a lot of mental adjustments that you have to do. Yeah, exactly. off-speed pitches. Right. Exactly. He's a walking off-speed pitch, basically. <laughs> How are you going to follow that one? I think, and also, too, like, in a lot of the talk about it, you know, coming out of that series, it seems like most of the emphasis seems to be like, well, Phoenix collapsed, you know, like, how did they end up collapsing? And, but I'm, I'm curious to you, is that the bigger story than Luca's dominance or even looking at some of the other players that got involved? Or is this maybe to do with the fact that some, like, you know, like you're saying, some of the talking heads maybe got lazy and were all in on Phoenix. And now that they lost, now they're trying to sort of deconstruct why they were wrong. Well, I think it was a little bit of everything. Everybody always want to point to one thing. Dallas played great. But right. on the flip side of that, things play awful. Um, mm. Think about that. Lucas scored more points than them by himself in the first half. You know, yeah. Dallas just came out. They didn't shoot. They didn't shoot the ball well. Um, CP3 is usually gets everybody in the right spots. That one happened. Devin Booker, he, he didn't score a bucket in the first half. So, it, I mean, it was just bad. Bad basketball. And and that's the thing that I always tell people. You need a big sometimes. And for me, you know what? Let's just, we're not scoring. Let's go inside the eight. Let's mm -hmm. go inside, you know, at a time. And we're going to see right now, right here, 
if we go to him in the game seven to see who's going to the Western Conference Finals, if he's able to carry us, then he gets that big contract. And mm-hmm. so now, you know, you don't use the guy. And, and that's the thing that I hate about this game today. Bigs will have a mismatch. They don't let him go inside and score. They'll make him go on the outside. Go outside and shoot some threes, you know. <laughs> Think about it. Brooke Lopez used to be 25-point score. But once he said, oh, I got to shoot some threes, he went down to 16, 17, 15, whatever it may be. And mm-hmm. it's the stupidest thing to me. Basketball is not about analytics. Basketball is about playing defense and getting buckets. If you don't get no buckets, you, you go home like 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 Phoenix Suns are doing right now. Yeah, and I I just I love when the experts are wrong. The experts are <laughs> because they make the league to me like they they make it seem like ah oh, the playoffs are on like rails and the Suns you like might as well pencil them in for the finals and you know there's just so many factors like we we talked about a lot with the Grizzlies this year that like you know heading into the season nobody had that and there were just like a lot of factors coming together around them. Um, and this is another example, and I feel like you are the perfect person to talk about this with because you were always there, always in the right spot, always stepping up, hitting these shots like you knew what was about to happen before anybody else, like it was already scripted. But yeah, I mean, like the show is kind of about like the kind of difficult to explain and like unexpected things that happen in the NBA, and yeah, we're we're super excited to have you on. Uh, I think we already you said know, that. But. I, I'm, it's, the funny part is, you know, I'm one of these so-called experts, and I predicted to be a, a matchup with Phoenix and Milwaukee again. But, yeah. you know, it, injuries come into play, especially with, with Milwaukee. You know, they have guys out with injuries, and then Phoenix just laid an egg. And so, but yeah. it, it's all about the hot team. Think about it. In 95, we finished six. We made a yeah. big trade during the season. And we were hurt all season. We really didn't get a chance to play together the last two weeks of the NBA season. You know, where Clyde got a chance to play with me, Dream, Mario, and Sam Cassell, and all these guys. And next thing you know, we get hot at the right time. You know, yeah. that's my, that might be who Dallas is right now because you got three guys from Dallas that are playing awesome. But I think one team we're really overlooking, though, is, is because, you know, back in the day, it used to be the sexy team. Mm-hmm. Because they had the, the big three, and now they just have, you know, Jimmy Buckets and the rest of the crew. And we're overlooking the Miami Heat. You know, they had right. everybody, when they, Miami Heat went through a little spell when it was losing. You had to dust up on the bench, and everybody was like, oh, they're falling apart. At the end of the day, the playoffs, uh, fix, they fix everything. For a team that's already close, you have dust-ups like that during the season. You know, sometimes you see them, sometimes you don't. And I think Miami is a team right now they're looking at this league like, yo, we got everything we need right now. We have three guys that can play great defense. You know, we get Kyle Lowry back. We got four. Mm. And so that's what they need right there. And I think this is the, the perfect opportunity when everybody's thinking it was going to be Milwaukee or Phoenix to win this thing, that they can slip in there and, and, and get them a title. And I'm rooting for Miami because, you know, I've been knowing Jimmy Butler since he was 13 years old. So I'm, wow. I'm rooting for Jimmy to win this thing. So uh, that's, that's, even though the, that's not their sexy pick because they don't have a Tatum. You know, they don't have a Luka. They don't have a Steph. They don't have those superstar guys. Even though they got all-stars on the Miami Heat team, that's not the sexy pick. So, you know, I, right. I like the way Miami Heat plays. Yeah, and I mean, their momentum going into the postseason, I think if you looked at it that way, you're like, okay, they got something going. And I feel like, you know, that the little dust-up felt like a bit of a unifying moment or they were able to turn a corner after that. I think a mm-hmm. lot of people were speculating like, oh, what's going on over there? But the performances show that that, if anything, it was a galvanizing force. You know, other thing is, I think also you have to, you know, credit Spolster. He did something a lot of coaches wouldn't do. You got a guy you're paying all this money to him, you know, and Duncan Robinson, who can't guard me, you, <laughs> or anybody, right? Well, and we do so, have Matt Booster, yeah. so yeah, it, it would be hard for him to check me. Yeah, hey, you think about it. A lot of times, it's, oh, he's my three point shooter. He's making all this, but I got a plan. Uh, go sit your ass on the sideline, <laughs> and we gonna go. We gonna go put some defensive presence out here, and that and that's that's huge, man. You think about it. That's huge, and they I, they turn around defensively, even though you know they're not playing him, but they they they're playing very well defense, and that's what you have have to do in the playoffs, right? Yeah. Jack, you referenced this actually but when we were prepping for this show, and Jabari's talked about it too, about the culture of the Heat, Heat culture, like within that team. 
And I'm curious to you, from your perspective, what do they have there that other teams don't that sort of gives them this edge? Because it's clear they're, they're a high-performing team. At rally, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, you think you think about Pat Riley? Um, had to put had to go against Pat Riley when he was with the with the Knicks. He had them ready. Now he gets down. It's just it's, it's just certain guys demand respect, right. and players mm-hmm. just automatically respect people. They, there's probably not a player alive that doesn't respect Pat Riley from the way he coached when he was with the Showtime Lakers to the way he coached the Knicks. And the way he's coached the big three, even though everybody said he didn't coach him, he was an integral part in that system down there and the culture, like you mentioned. So when you, you know, it's, it's certain people around the NBA, you can just say their names and it just demands respect. Right. And Pat Riley is one of those guys. Mm. I can't argue with that. So Golden State back in the conference finals, I wanted to just talk about with you particularly, Robert Ori. Is it okay if I just call you Robert Ori every time? Uh, Mr. Bob. So game six, Clay is, you know, has been a thing. It was a thing again, you know, Clay showing up, putting up 30. And, you know, it's a thing in his mind. It's a thing in his opponent's mind. It seems to come true more than should be possible when you have everybody on the opposing team being like, they're about to, Clay's about to try and go off. We need to make sure this doesn't happen, which reminds me of you, you know, the <laughs> opponent comes in knowing. Your nickname is Big Shot Bob Ori. <laughs> they're they're coming out of a timeout, and like something people underestimate or like kind of. I th- I think I even misremembered about some of your shots is like they were contested, <laughs> like they were right. heavily <laughs> contested shot. But again, it felt like you knew what was about to happen before anybody else. You were just like, oh, this is going in. It doesn't like it just needs to get out of my hand. But like. Is is that I I'd just like to hear your thoughts on like a, a thing like game six clay, like game six is my game, which seems like okay, but a lot of things can go a different way. Or like the la- the last minute of a finals game is my is my moment. Everybody wants that to be their moment. But like what can you take us inside like that mindset of being like somebody who steps up at a given at a specific time? It's, it's really two parts to that. Um, the first part is when you've known for hitting shots down the stretch like that, it can haunt you because the guy won't leave you. I remember we was, when I had got, you know, I moved on to the Spurs. We played the Lakers in a position, and Kobe comes out on the court. He tells Carmelo, don't leave Rob. And then, like, I'm standing, like, on the sideline. He comes all the way over there to tell Carmelo, don't leave Rob. I'm like, Carl, like, I got you. Kobe says it's three times to Carmelo. He's like, I got you. And I ended up getting a shot anyway. And I missed it. Oh, <laughs> and, man. and after the game, Kobe was like, did I tell you not to leave Rob? He lucked <laughs> up that time. But, you know, it, it, so people, once you get this this nickname or you've known for something, they're going to try to shut you down. So they're going to come at you even harder than normal. And, you know, for Clay to be now holding up the six fingers and letting everybody know he's, you know, that's the guy, that's who you are. They're going to try to shut him down. They're going to go at him. They're going to try to make him work. But it also is a big ego boost for you. It's, it's, a, it's amazing how NBA is such a mental thing. Mm-hmm. It's a confidence thing. And so once you get that confidence and you believe something, it's going to happen. Because the mind is such a powerful thing when it comes to certain situations. I, I, even for me, it's like, okay, I knew at the end of the game, I said, oh, give me the ball. I'm going to make the shot. You have that confidence like, oh, you can't do no wrong. I'm going to make this shot. And it's amazing how you can go through a game. You're like, oh, is this going to go in? Is this going to go in? But at the end of the game, you're like, oh, I know this is going in. It's, it's, <laughs> right. it's, it's, a, it's a mental thing, man. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, the, it's the most amazing thing how powerful the mind is. And I think if Clay, you know, believes he is, he's a six, the six-game guy, it's going to happen. But it's going to be up to the other team to be like, you know what? We're starting out from day one, from, from the first minute. And we face guarding, we're not letting them catch. And then, you know, even though I mess up your whole game plan defensively, but as an opposing team, you got to try to shut them down because that confidence and most players, especially an elite athlete like Clay, is incredible. Right. And also because it like doesn't make sense, I feel like the coach is probably <laughs> less less likely to be like, all right, well, we have to like build this game plan around not letting Robert Ory shoot in the last minute, or we got to build this. It's they say game six clay, so you know we gotta we gotta make sure that like we're because it doesn't fit 
statistically like how people expect things to do, but it, but it's true. You know, that, that's why when you talk about analytics, you can throw all that analytical bull crap out the window because at the end of the day, it comes down to a player's confidence, a player's heart, and his skill set on the court because, you know, analytics, like everybody, if, if you know math, you know three is more than two. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, but do you know what's in my heart and in my head? That's the question. Right. So Boston Miami is an interesting series. So I have this like feeling that Miami's going to win and it's based on nothing other than like just watching the playoffs for the past like 10 years. I keep, I keep getting this idea of like teams with certain players or just certain players when it's like LeBron have a gravitational equilibrium in the playoffs where like LeBron <laughs> is in the finals every, you could just like pencil that in. You could like get confused thinking about every other, you know, team that's like playing great right now, but LeBron's in the finals. Like when, you know, like for, for a long stretch, uh, when he was with Cleveland, Miami, that, that was just until he went to the Lakers. Right, it in, right until he went to the Lakers. But we're not we got one about that. But no, I'm just saying that just had, he had a bad, a lot of, Injuries, and yeah, yeah. It's like the guys never got hurt until you got to the Lakers. It's like, it's right. like, it's like, it's like the, the people say, okay, the Lakers have won too much. Let's do some things so they cannot win. <laughs> right, right. Uh, Philly, who I, I am a Philly fan, and I feel like Philly Embiid currently the gravitational equilibrium seems to be second round for them. That's <laughs> that's where they're ending up. Boston, Tatum, so far, gravitational equi- equilibrium has been conference finals. And Jimmy Butler, when he's playing for the Heat, feels like they want to be in the finals. And like this, this is the ultimate. I just watched basketball. I never played it meaningfully. Take like, but I'm curious to hear from you how stupid it is. Um, <laughs> but like, you, do you know what I mean? Like when you when you were in the finals, like your team, like just was like your gravitational equilibrium was you were on the winning team and you were hitting big shots warriors. When they got clay and Steph, they want to be in the finals. Like, I don't know that that's the theory that I'm working at. I, I get what you say. There's this certain teams that seem like the, the basketball guys are with them, whatever they yeah. do with certain players. I, I, I understand that. And you know, the, the, think about it, the Lakers and the Boston Celtics were that team for a long time. And then all yeah. of a sudden, you know, there was a rebellion amongst the lower guys, and they made no let's switch this up amongst the other basketball teams. But you know, it 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 boils down to uh, consistency to me. And if you look at the team that went to the bubble finals, the Miami Heat, it's pretty much yeah. the same team. You look at the team that thrives so well in the in the bubble, is all the teams that are in the finals right now. You know, they're all the teams that were that, that they've been consistently healthy. They have the same guys who know each other. Because even you know the Phoenix Suns, even though they lost. Had one of the best friends. It was a team that started merging in the bubble, and then you right. look at the Miami That's Heat. Right. It's the same team that was in the bubble. Um, it's something that got to do by consistency. And then you look at the Lakers, who won the championship in the bubble. The next year, different team. Next year, different yeah. team. Right. You know, you need some continuity when it comes to playing together. And, and plus, coaches. You know, when you're a coach and the season starts, you're like you scratch your head, like, damn, who I got on my roster this year? And they're the same thing. <laughs> right. You know, it, it it can get confusing, and even your teammates like. Oh, I'm gonna go over here and work out with KCP. Oh, what? He's not hitting them up. Okay, let me work out with um, you know, someone else. What? He's gone. You know, right? And, and it's and it's a you learn how to play well with others, and that's the thing about basketball players. You 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 get this rapport with teammates. You learn how to do things. There are unspoken things you have on the court where you can just smile at a guy. He know you're going back door. You can like point at him and like you're gonna set a screen. You know you're gonna do something different. And you get that rapport with one another. But now you're trying to do that with a guy on the fly. He's looking at you like, oh, I thought you wanted me to set a pick. For real. Like, no, dude, it was a fake out. <laughs> right. And I, 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 that's why you, you think about it. Even though how they was talking about they need to break up the Celtics. And like, oh, they can't play together. I'm like, BS, man. They can play together. You know, they just need to find somebody who's going to play some defense and rebound. And, and that's what they got. They, the guy sat down. You know what? We're athletic enough. We're talented enough. We can play defense. We can score on the other end, but we need to play some defense. And that team has settled down, and they all take the responsibility upon themselves to play individual deep. And the other guy that's not going to get talked about is the fact that he came back to the team after a long, long stint away from the team. He went to Philly, and he tried to play with him. Now you got him back, which is key. You know what I'm talking about, right? Al Horford, yeah. Al Horford. 
Al yeah. Harper has been playing wonderful. I mean, he he is that glue, and you need a, a, a veteran presence like that on that team. Yeah. Right. And with him in protocols now, Horford is, you know, and Smart being out for game one, is that a huge gaping hole in the Celtics roster? Or do you think they'll they'll be industrious enough to kind of to find a way to, to still put in some big performances? Hey, we talk about the basketball guys, right? Right. Because <laughs> I'm just like the basketball guys, you know, here, let me beat Geppetto and, and play with the Celtics and put them down 1-0, you know. But you never know. You know, when you got a guy like Jason Tatum on your team who can go off a 50 at any moment, and even Brown, you know, so it's it's going to be still tough. But I think yeah. collective, you, if you watch how the Miami Heat play defense as a team, yeah. how they played it on Trey when mm-hmm. they played Atlanta, I know Trey is 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 a great player, and he's a different type of player than you know Jason Tatum and, and Brown. But oh my goodness, that defense was stifling, man. So I think the Miami Heat are going to be ready for it. Yeah. All right. So if you had to pick each series, do you would would you be so kind as to grace us with a pick in in each series? I'm, I'm taking the Heat in Dallas because um, I'm going yeah. with Dallas because they're the hot team. Yeah. I just think that the Dallas can just hit you with four or five different guys who can penetrate and score. And Draymond can't guard everybody. And we know Clay is not the defensive player he was three years ago because of all the injuries. So I think I, I look at Dallas, you know, coming out of that series and then Miami coming out of that series and then we having a, a, a rematch of what year was that when they both went to yeah. the finals? Dirk versus yeah. Wade. Like that was, Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that for the NBA. I love that for me as yeah. somebody who uh, yeah. is tortured by the Boston Celtics. Um, Same. Jason <laughs> like Tatum should be on the uh, should be on the Sixers, but uh, all right. Jason Tatum should be on the Lakers too. Yeah, <laughs> Jason that's Tatum true. Should be a lot of places, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> most places will take him. All right, let's take a let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back and uh, dig in a little bit more on your career. Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I could eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? I know I did. If you have, then you're going to love Pick 6, the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Here's how to play during the NBA playoffs. Pick between two and six players and choose if they'll have more or less of his stat. Rebounds, points, assists, and more. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now and use code DKHOOPS for a shot at huge cash prizes. That's code DKHOOPS only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including, but not limited to, Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddy makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Listeners, I want you to Google something right now. Type this into Google. Type in, who is statistically greatest clutch shooter NBA history? Tell me what comes up. The, oh, the top thing, it's not, it's not like you got to click through a link. It's like, you know when Google does the thing where they just like lift a piece of text from the thing? Yeah, they're, they're like, like oh, no, this, we know. This answer only has one question. Uh, the, the answer is, bottom line, Robert Ory. <laughs> in nine game sevens, he shot 50% or better from the field eight times. His team's record in those games, seven and two. Or he may not have made the most clutch shots in NBA history, but he made some of the biggest. It's not a coincidence. He owns seven rings. Um, they, I, I went and did some. I know you're not, you, you were saying, throw the analytics out. But I do, I, I, I just, like, we're going to talk about the Divots quote where he was like, he's just lucky using the right place at the right time. Uh, and that's obviously incorrect. Um, but like when you look at the analytics, there are, I think, four people, five people who, you know, you're on the list of the uh, most clutch players of all time, like analytically speaking. There are five people who shot 40% or better across their career in the clutch. Uh, Shaq, Dirk, Duncan, Jordan, and Robert Ory. Like, that's, that's incredible. Because, every you know, th- those are hard shots. Again, I can't emphasize enough. We're going to go through some of the clips. But these are not open shots that you're taking. You, you just know <laughs> they're going in. Um, but, yeah, it's, it, it's truly incredible. So, I, yeah, I'd, I'd love to just hear your favorite buzzer beaters like that you, you were involved with. Oh my goodness. You know, it, it's so weird, but I've only really have like one buzzer beat and that's with the Lakers. You know, to me, buzzer beaters right. are when you go through the net and the buzzer goes off. You know, <laughs> right, right, right. a lot of my shots, you know, you think about what I did in San Antonio in the 2005 yeah. NBA finals, they had a chance to come down and win it. You know, in Portland, they had a chance to come down and win it. You know, in the Rockets, they had a chance to come down and tie it up. It's just a lot. I could go on and on, but you know, even the shot I made, nobody talks about. My first big shot I made in the NBA was in the, in the we were playing to stay out of Super Suns in the playoffs. I hit a shot. We go into overtime. We eventually lose that game. But there's shots like that that I've made throughout my career that nobody talks about because it's, it's you know, we didn't actually win it. And, you know, for me, I, I just think everybody knows me from the Lakers shot. Everybody looks at that Lakers shot and they talk, they talk about, you know, Vladdy calling it a lucky shot and, but I had already hit a couple threes in during the course of the game. And the problem is, is when you play with dynamic players like Kobe and Shaq, you might be a hot guy. You, you ain't going to get no plays ran for you <laughs> unless you say, hey, dude, I'm hot. Come to me. But, right. you know, I, I was never that type of guy. I'm always going to run with the coaches want, even though sometimes coaches think I'm doing my own thing. And, yeah, defensively sometimes, but not on the offensive end. But <laughs> I just, you know, sit back and wait for you to, you know, to call my number hopefully I can come through for you. So, but it's, it was always fun to be in that position, man, but I never wanted to be in that position, to be honest with you. Cause I wanted us to be up by 20 where I didn't have to, where I didn't have to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you, you talked about defense and like, that's, you know, that, that is also like one of the big reasons you're always on the court at the end of the game. Like you are still Alabama's all time blocks leader. You're, you know, one of the best defenders on those teams. So you're out there shutting people down uh, enough that they're they're tired. They forget that you're out there and about to, you know, uh, extinguish their souls. I'm, I'm still mad at the NBA for my my second, third, and fourth years in the league. I'm still mad at them. They never put me on the all-defense team. Now, how I'm going to be one of the only guys that have 100 blocks and 100 steals during the course of a season and not be on even a third team. So I'm still mad at the NBA for that. They need to recognize, you know, I think I was overshadowed by Dream. I always been up there as far as being one of the you know, defensive player of the year. That's a bad thing, man. When you have a guy on your team, think about it. When 
couple of years where, you know, Steph, you know, he's playing with KD, he's playing with Clay, he couldn't win MVP. You got Kobe playing with Shaq, he couldn't win MVP. You got LeBron, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Fox, those guys playing together, they can't win MVP. So it's so it's so it's so hard sometimes to be recognized by people when you get overshadowed by superstars. Right. Yeah, yeah. Should we go should we just go through a couple of uh some of these iconic moments? Some of the great some of the great finals. I think yeah, we could start there. Let's let's start with the you said 95 finals, game 3. Mhm. I think let's go there. Uh machine, please give us this magic moment. Using the clock. Shot clock at 6. Ori for 3. Oh. So I think that put you up four. Yeah, put us up four. Completely contested, too. <laughs> but you just knew it was going. I had no intention of passing that ball. I was, this is the series where I had plays ran for me, and I was feeling good, so I would shoot that thing. And, you know, little secret right here. People forget that this is the year they moved the three-point line in. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah, so yeah. it was a little bit. It was a little bit closer than it normally was. So it, it that so we was raining threes that year. And, <laughs> and here's another interesting fact: when this season this year started out, Kenny Smith was number one, and I was number two for a while. And three point percentage just going into, and neither one of us got invited to the three point shootout in the NBA. That's why I'm saying I'm so mad the NBA for a lot of things. They always want to invite me <laughs> for the slam dunk contest, but dude, I, I'm not a dunker. I wanted to shoot threes. And show everybody what I could do. <laughs> I mean, you definitely, I remember that dunk on Rip Hamilton. Uh, that's, uh, <laughs> hey, I remember that which, Yeah. Let, <laughs> yeah let's speaking go to that of which, yeah. I think, yeah, game five of the 2005 finals. How about that? Let's bring that one up. I want to do like an extended clip because there's a edit of like some of your big shots in this game starting in the third quarter. Six seconds left. Tony Parker has the ball at the top, like at the logo. Drive. Kicked it out to Robert. Right to your spot. Bucket for three. Next bucket. Wet. Corner three. Wet. Ginobili kicks it. Mm. He did a couple ball fakes, a couple pass fakes. Again, they didn't know. They didn't know you were about to do this to him. So they, they go for it. Oh, all right. Ginobili goes in, misses. You you have a put, put back. One minute, 45 seconds to go. Another one in cheese face. And then. Ah! <laughs> no, there. I had to thank Bruce all the time for throwing a bad pass. I was going to shoot the three. He threw that yeah. at my ankle. <laughs> yeah. So they, yeah, you you take a second to gather the ball because it's a bad pass. You ball fake. They're coming after you. And you just drive it in and dunk over Rip Hamilton on the in inbounds. a way that is. Good night. Good night. <laughs> no, it's funny. I didn't know until after I saw the replay of this how close. Tayshawn Prince was to blocking that. I was like, "What did he yeah. come from?" But when you're right. on fire like that, you see no defense. You so don't see matter. anything. Yeah, <laughs> you are absolutely on fire right there. You inbound it, and they double Ginobili, and then you're left open, still like <laughs> super contested. But I don't know. Man. You know what? It was a it was a broken play when I saw Rasheed go for the double. I stayed there. I was supposed to leave and cut through, and but oh. when you you know when you hot like that. You break plays all the time because every if you notice every one of those shots were like contested shots, so it lets you know it wasn't a play ran for me. It was me taking it upon myself yeah. because I'm feeling good to shoot the rock. And so I like man, run me a plate, man. Give me some buckets, man. I'm not just a spot up shooter. I can come off a screen and shoot that J. You know, yeah. <laughs> right? Plays of in- Steve Kerr calls those plays of insanity, right? Where it's mm-hmm. just like nothing's. Everybody's just like scrambling. The ball's going every which way, but yeah. That's to to some people like yourself. Those are opportunities, and yeah, I think like you were speaking too about the mentality, right? Of how do you stay so consistent down the stretch like that? It's really interesting to watch your face because you don't. You're not really. 
you're not overly gregarious after hitting these shots. Like you can tell you're you you're very stoic and you seem so focused. Like even when you're when you could be celebrating, like your first instinct is almost just to like exhale deeply because you're like, I knew this would happen. It was sort of like the energy. And there's something really it's not like overtly like I'm, you know, obviously you're gonna you're gonna celebrate, but your first reaction is always just it's so intense rather than like outwardly happy or expressive. And I think that does speak to sort of that mentality that you're speaking about. For me, it was all about efficiency of movement, you know, doing all that jumping and screaming that takes energy out. I ain't doing all that, man. I'm like, I'm trying to save my energy. And it's weird when I come off the court, I don't even like when I'm feeling good like that. I don't even know how people get the high fives with the right hand. I don't let nobody touch the right hand. I'm doing everything with the left hand. Don't touch the right hand. You yeah, know, because because they might burn themselves. No, <laughs> no you, it's it's the weirdest thing when you hot and some guy comes on the bench and gives you the hardest dab. They're like, right. I'm like, what? Why are you hitting yeah. that hard, man? Why? Why? I need and this. Best of the feeling in my hand. Now I'm like, you know, so I always give, I always give left hands, man. I never do, I never do a high five with a right hand. So, but right for hand me, is strictly for buckets. Yeah, exactly. Right. When you when you see that clip, I really don't. I don't realize what I did until the end of the game. And then you see me at the end of the game and I do a, a little pump fist. I'm like, I just won game five on the road and I was on fire, you know? So, right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I, you know, I, I'm just, I just never been a guy. I might talk a little during the game, but I'm not going to be too animated. You might have some, if I dunk on someone, I might be a little animated. But other than that, shooting the three, I can never understand now why these guys, every time they hit a three, they want to do some type of motion, like, oh, like, uh, throw right. some type of antics. I'm like, dude, why? He's like, you should be, you, you acting like that's an anomaly for you to hit a three. You should be acting like you've been <laughs> there, done that before. You know, yeah, right. I don't yeah. understand why guys want to do but that's just the way these, this game is. Now, everybody want to be flashy and have some kind of celebration for hitting a three. They should have one for me. They make a two, two, because hell, that's less often than them three is now. So give me a celebration for you make a two. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then we got to do we got to do the Lakers. <laughs> I mean, we got to. This is this is a play that had me and my dad running out my house and into the street. Western Conference Finals against the Kings. Yeah, Lakers down two one in the series. Down two, Kobe's got it. Right, and he he takes it to the rack. Um, misses. Shaq gets point blank. Uh, misses misses the layup. And then beautiful assist from Vladi Diva. <laughs> Kicks it out to you at one the top. Robert Ory. Yeah, let's just let's relive this wonderful moment. Kobe takes it in. Shaq. Shaq. Yes! <laughs> Look at you, Rob. The soul locked in. You're not even you're not even showing teeth. <laughs> just mm. <laughs> Uh, uh. Cue that music. Yo. And that iconic celebration, too. Hands behind the back. Just Bro, like, right. Yo, yeah, don't, don't, don't put that, the right hand at risk. Don't, yeah. don't, don't. <laughs> right. You know, it's, it's, the funny thing about that shot is every time I see it, I get goosebumps. But the best, the best view of that shot is from overhead. When you yeah. see the whole arena erupt at the same time, yeah, and then you see the ball boy Dante uh, streak across the floor, and it's, it was it was such a fantastic moment. Because when you're growing up a Laker fan, huge Magic Johnson fan, man, and, and you know watching the Lakers play and watching them back when I was you know coming out of college and I saw Magic pull his hand, like, oh no, they're not gonna win against the Bulls, you know, so many different moments, and to be able to do that in a Laker uniform, not just in a Laker uniform, but at home in yeah. the Staples Center in front of our fans because there's not very many moments as a Laker player playing with Kobe and Shaq. You get to get the fans to chant your name. But, you know, for me, when I, that was the best, you know, six months of my life after hitting that shot. I, I didn't pay for anything in L.A. <laughs> oh, I bet. Yeah. I, I went to Vegas and, and paid for a drink. Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> that, that was the best six months of my life, man. <laughs> I mean, you're still good in L.A., I'm sure. But, yeah. But, wow. I just got to pay for stuff now. <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit. Oh man, yeah. Because like I said, I've I've that moment just for me on a personal level, right? It was so intense. We knew what was on the line there, and when that shot went in, I like again, 
the appropriate response was either jump up and down or just run away from the TV screen because I can't believe what I just saw. And I remember my dad and I, we both at the same time were like, we have to get out of here because we just need to scream this out in the street. And it was funny because I would see other people in the neighborhood also got out of their house because they, they they were like you after you hit the shot. They're like, I got to run towards the bench, whatever that is, and just be like, come on. Everybody was out. So, yes, uh, what a like such a poignant moment and memory for me. So there are very few game winning actual buzzer beaters that changed who the champion was that season. Like that that shot doesn't go in. Uh, the Lakers are down three one. Like right. the, you guys go on to to win the. Well, title. you know, his thing. People always say, "Oh, we're down three one," and I was oh, I was on a team in ninety five, down three one to the Phoenix Suns. He came roaring back to beat them, and you see what LeBron did lately. You know, against Golden State, down three one. So when I tell people that, "Oh, if y'all went down three one to Sacramento Kings, you might not want to." Hey, you can't like Rudy T said it best. Never underestimate the heart of a champion. When you got Black Mama and the Big Diesel, anything is yeah. possible. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and that's right. Even Kevin though he Garnett. wasn't the Mama at the time, but you know he was still Kobe Bryant. Somebody, right. 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 <laughs> who was really great. <laughs> in that, I'm just curious. In that, in that one shot against the Magic, right? You shot that over Horace Grant, who you ended up being teammates with, and obviously playing with Shaq. Did you? Was there any ever discussion like once you guys like wh- after that? Did you ever reminisce about that moment at all, or just something that you're like, "Don't I, I know that was rough for you, but hey, we got to chip together, so it's all." I good. talk so much trash because you forget <laughs> there were three guys on that team from that Magic team that we swept. Let me put that out there like that: that we swept <laughs> in the finals. <laughs> Horace Grant, Brian Shaw, Shaquille O'Neal. Mm-hmm. So you know, sweeping those guys was so much fun. Uh, but I used to talk a little trash every now and then about. I said, y'all, y'all know what the deal is. Y'all seen it up close and personal. But I didn't talk too much trash because I don't want them to think about that. So when we went into the finals, that they'd be like, "Oh man, the last time we was in there together, we got swept by Robert Williams' Rockets." <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, when Vlade said that that was a lucky shot. I mean, maybe he was mad that he hit you with one of the greatest assists of all time as a Laker. <laughs> but yeah, can we just play that clip because it's one of the great clapbacks? So this this is Vlade saying <laughs> post game, very hurt. Feeling yeah, very hurt. Very, hurt. very in his feeling. So. We get it. This is it was a tough one. Everybody could make that shot. You know, that's last last shot. It's just like lucky shot. That's all. You don't need to have a skills or some. You know. Uh, oh yeah. In that kind of situation, you just throw it and just throw it. Huh? It goes in. Goes in. Robert, Vlade was saying that it was basically just a luck shot. That situation, you just have to throw it up. Was it luck, or was there more to it? Uh, it wasn't no luck shot. I've been doing that for uh, all my career, so he should he should know. He better read uh, read a paper or something. <laughs> <laughs> read a paper or something. I uh, love the confidence, man. That's, again, the confidence. Funny story behind that. You know, at, at the time, I was mad at ESPN because they had wrote an article about someone. I don't remember the exact details, but I've all, I've always been a big proponent of anytime there's something bad that hap- happens with an athlete, you want to post it all over your show. But anytime something great off the court happens, you never talk about that. So I was I was mad about something, right? And so that's why I kind of paused. Like you should watch ESPN or something. But I said that's why I said read a paper. Because I didn't want to give ESPN any love, so it, it was. Got you. I don't okay. know why I was mad back then, but it was funny. But okay. that's why I said read the paper, and <laughs> that was like that. Probably was literally the last, next to probably the last year, the next to the last year when paper was all were in print because after that everything went digital. Hey, <laughs> right. that makes it a classic line. That makes it a right, classic exactly. Line. And I like that you didn't fumble that clap back. Is that you were very uh, intentionally saying, "Well, I'm not going to show ESPN love," or like. I'm not going to show this network love. Uh, read a paper. There we go. <laughs> Got it. Double, double burn. All right. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll hit you with a couple rapid fire questions. Did you ever play the over under game with your friends? You know, think I could eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? I know I did. If you have, then you're going to love Pick 6, the new fantasy game from DraftKings an official partner of the NBA. Here's how to play during the NBA playoffs. Pick between two and six players and choose if they'll have more or less of his stat. Rebounds, points, assists, and more. 
Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now and use code DKHOOPS for a shot at huge cash prizes. That's code DKHOOPS only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including, but not limited to, Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back, uh, Robert. We want to do something fun with you. Just a just a, you know a round of rapid fire questions. Can I cheat? <laughs> yeah, it's not a quiz like that. It's all a pain. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. We're not gonna be like, what's the square root of nine? <laughs> uh, no, just these are just your opinion, your memories. So, but don't think about it too much. There, there's no wrong answers. Just the honest one that comes to you first. So, Jack, you want to start it off, and then we'll we'll be alternating. Up first, player you hated guarding the most. Grant Hill. Okay. okay. Uh, favorite town to eat. Fra- favorite town to eat in when you're on the road. Miami. Okay. Favorite player as a kid. Magic. Favorite teammate when you're at Alabama. <laughs> Me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's some people. I gotta get people gonna say, "Why do you say Spree? Why do you say Dave?" But you know what? I'm not gonna lie. Keep asking. Keith Evans. Okay. Keith Evans. Okay. Favorite teammate while you were in the league? Sam Cassell. Okay. Uh, who's your favorite artist to listen to before a game when you get in the zone? Chuck D. Public Enemy. Mm. Favorite title run? 95. But see, that's kind of a trick question because 95 and 2001, but 95, 95, 2001, they're tied because 16 and 1, no home court advantage. So 95 and 2001. Okay. Mm. Thank you. Thank you for. For protecting my Laker heart on that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who are your top three NBA all time? Magic, Dominique, MJ. Mm. Uh, best coach in NBA history. Who they coach me, or just who I would love to play for, or whatnot? Just in uh, your opinion of who the best coach is in NBA history. Uh, you know what? That's that's a hard question because I, you know. I would love to have played for Don Nelson because I see what he did for Spreewell and how good he made that team. Mm. And I played for Phil and I played for Pop, two two great coaches, but only one of them ran me play, and that was Rudy T. So <laughs> on a selfish side, I'm going to take Rudy T. There you go. <laughs> Who is the best coach you ever played under? I mean, from from when you were a kid up until the NBA, is there anybody you – that you hold a special place in for your heart, a coach. Richard Robertson, who was my high school coach, you know, he he helped me become a man, man, because he, when you're in high school, you can be a little bit childish, but he helped me, you know, he, he made me mature. He made me show some discipline. So Richard Robertson, my high school coach. All right. One player who's played since you retired, who you wish you could have played with. 
Oh, well, see, that, see, that's kind of a hard question because I was going to say LeBron, but I think I would have loved to have played for, with Jimmy Butler. Uh, I think he and I had the same type of attitude playing. Mm. We, you know, we put our teammates before us, and we played good defense. So I would say Jimmy Butler. All right, and finally, one player you wish you could have competed against. Larry Bird. Okay. Larry Bird. Because, you know, growing up, I played against Scotty, who I love, Magic, who I love, Dominique, who I love, you know, and the one guy that I didn't get to go up against, because, you know, because you, you, you judge yourself on how you play them, was Larry right. Bird. So Larry Bird is the guy I wanted to play, but he, he, his last year was my first year, and he didn't play his last year due to a back injury. Right, oh, man. right, right. And is there anything specifically that in your mind you're like, I really want to test my gangster against this dimension of his game? <laughs> but, no, you know, you hear the rumors and, and you see it, how much he talked trash. And I just mm-hmm. wanted to see what he would have said <laughs> against some young, brash guy from Alabama trying to guard this legend of Larry Legend. And just, see, just to see how if I could have held my own. You know, he, said he probably would have gave me 10, 15, 20, or 30. Who knows? But I just wanted to, you know, rate myself versus the great ones. And that's how I always wanted to, you know, play this game. Rate myself versus the great ones. I heard he retired because he saw you coming. I saw. Yeah. I heard he re- he saw you enter the league and retired. That's, that back injury, he was capping. He was like, oh, my back. I, you know, he probably saw this 6'9 guy, athletic, can guard yeah. anybody at any time. I, 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 you know, I, won't, I won't doubt that. He probably said, oh, I got to hang him up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he can play and defend against the three and the four, and he can shoot. Oh, no. <laughs> just jokes larry just jokes larry yeah. just jokes <laughs> of course of course this has been amazing uh thank you so much uh we're we're so grateful that you you took the time to talk to us absolutely um, you talk about finals files a little bit nba finals file is a great project you can find on iheart on most of your podcasts it's with me and jabari jabari Great host, man. He's one of the best guys. Great voice. You know, nice shiny bald head. You know, sometimes I had to wear my glasses when I'm doing it because that bald head's so bright. But you know, it's, it's, it's so fun, man. We do a deep dive into the greatest NBA finals, and it's fun to talk about. It. Like you guys did. Now you get to show some of the clips that we, you know, we seen some of the, you know, hear some of the clips, and just relive those magic moments, man. And you think about it. You'll watch a game, and you're like, okay. That was a good game, but when you watch a whole, you know, seven-game series or six-game series, and you constantly watch the guys and you breaking it down from a you know analytical standpoint, it is it is so fun to see how great these guys was and you know the, the how well they played together, and it's just fun, man. You know, the hardest games are the ones I played in because I'm very critical of myself, so I had to make sure I don't talk bad about myself on the show. I mean, that shouldn't be too hard. You had at the time that you retired, 12% of all finals wins. Uh, <laughs> that is... Me and Steve Kerr? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, that's wild, man. That is Did wild. you know for 10 years straight, Steve Kerr and I were the only ones winning championships? Uh, that's wow. <laughs> it was like, wait, which one's going to do it this year? <laughs> yeah. And you would think that. He was yeah. thinking, so, oh, let's get one of these guys on our team to guarantee us a win. It's so funny. My last year in the league, I had you know I was I wasn't going to go back to the Spurs because my contract was up. I said, you know what, I want to play one more year. And I, I called. I looked around the league. And I was like, oh, Orlando. I said I called up Orlando. And I said okay because I was doing that more so for my kids. We go down to Florida. You know, no state tax, some sunshine. You know, we got Disney right there. You know, mm-hmm. I was trying to be you know play it that way. Oh, we don't need you. And so they end up going to the finals. And I saw, I can't remember the GM's name then. God, I can't remember his name. And so when I saw him, because I was doing something for the NBA at the game, I saw him, I went to went, walk up to him and I said, see, if you have me on your team, you're the one. You know I win every other year. <laughs> I said, I win every other year, man. Look it up. Look it up. Yeah. Laughing. <laughs> Should read a paper said, or something. Hey, yeah, exactly. Hey, then I said, I said, oh, yeah, and by the way, I don't lose in the final. 7-0, baby. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Check the books. <laughs> Check the paper. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Thank you so much, Robert Ort. Thanks, guys. It was fun. Absolutely. Uh, check back in with us next week. We'll obviously continue further into the conference finals. Uh, and until then, thanks for listening to Jack. Or no, thanks for listening to Miles and Jack Got Mad Boosties. 
and we'll see you next time. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Next week, I'm still going to be talking about this conversation. Uh, oh, you, like, if, you remember when Robert Ori said this? I've been uh, texting all my homies, and I said, Robert Ori likes my Purple Rain shirt. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I'm at. So thank you so much. Uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.